Welcome everyone to the Jesus and Family Ministry Podcast. Our desire is to help build thriving families that produce great ministries. Settle in, grab a pad and pen, and we pray this is a blessing to you. Welcome everybody. I am super excited to bring you guys this episode, um, this interview, this conversation. Um, was kind of birthed out of a conversation that happened at a youth rally not too long ago. And um, a couple that my wife and I have admired um, just because of what they do and how they do it with their family. Um, I'm very excited to have the Dillards on, and um, it's very good to have you guys on tonight. Thank you. Thanks for inviting us. It's an honor. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited for this conversation. Um, Really excited for where it's going to go and and what God's going to do with it. But before we get started, um, I always like to start with prayer. And then uh, we'll dive in. Father, we come before you. To, and Lord, I am excited about this conversation. God, I'm thankful, Lord, that you are you bring people in uh, to our lives of God that we can learn from and grow with. And Father, I pray this conversation, God, would impact the lives of fathers, mothers, God, people who are looking at starting families, God, people who are already have families, Lord, and maybe looking for some direction, God, or maybe looking for um, some things, God, that you have imparted to the Dillards. God, I pray, God, that you would um, allow them to speak with freedom. God, I pray that you anoint the words. I pray that I have spoken on this podcast, God. I pray they would not just be words, but God, I pray that they would minister about the hearts and minds of men and women who will listen to this. And God, we give you the glory and we give you the honor, Lord. And we ask you, Lord God, on this podcast to have your way, Lord, and let your spirit move, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. So, amen. um, Again, super, man. I'm so excited about this. Uh, first question um, I want to start off with uh, for everybody who's listening is who are the Dillards? Where are you guys from? Um, where are you all at now? What church you're attending? Just kind of know your background. You want to start? Yes. <laughs> um, so um, my name's uh, Lorenzo Dillard, Jr., um, currently, we are attending the Revival Center, formerly known as Walnut Hills UPC, here in Fredericksburg. And we recently uh, have changed our name at our church. Kind of excited about that, rebranded. Um, I'm, I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland. I uh, went to Baltimore Polytechnic Institute. Um, city was our rival high school, uh, so I'm a poly parrot, and we do not like city nights. <laughs> um, and when I was in Baltimore, uh, we went to I went to a I grew up Kojic, and some people right. don't get into all these different things with church, and I and I, and I totally understand that, but I grew up going to Kojic church. And that type of church, you always had a Hammond B3 screaming in the background. If you did not hear the organ playing, it technically was not church. <laughs> we just one of those neighborhood city churches with the Hammond B3 just going crazy in the background. Yeah, That's what I grew up. I grew up going to church three to four times a week. Probably kept me out of trouble. Um, and uh, I remember, see, this is bad. 
he shouldn't have let me do this. He should have <laughs> went first, Sister yeah. Dillard. I remember the first day I actually went to Rehoboth. Um, it was in November of 1989. I was not nine yet. I think I was eight. And I first saw Sister Dillard, which her name was Sister Shaw at that time. And she was singing in the children's choir. And I told my brother that I think I like her and I want to marry her. And How old were you? I think I knew anything about that at that time. I just knew I wanted what my dad had. And my dad was with my mom forever. And I, threw that, I thought that was the most amazing thing. And How that's kind of how I met her. That's because we went to the same church in Baltimore for, for years. But I'm going to stop there because I could go on forever. So, Sister Dilly, you should go. How, how old were you at that point? Oh, I was eight. <laughs> eight years old. Man, had a vision. <laughs> I had a vision. Yes, sir, brother. <laughs> nice. Cool stuff. He, he, he loves to tell that story. But, yep, um, <laughs> just, just to reiterate, that's where we're from. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. And... Um, we we actually ended up in Virginia around 2010. Okay, uh, was when we ended up here. We're looking for a church and uh, found now the revival center. But yeah, I grew up in Baltimore. Um, I don't know if you you probably heard of you know artists like Jonathan Nelson, Jason Nelson, Marette Brown oh, yeah. Clark, um, all from Baltimore. I, I actually Jonathan Nelson, Jason Nelson. I used to always hang out with them and their family at, you know, I lived right behind their church. <laughs> so nice. it's like we, we, music was always kind of around. <laughs> yeah. 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 To, to some, some respect, but, um, yep. Grew up there and got, came to Virginia 2010 and man, fell in love with uh, Walnut Hills now revival center with Pastor Campo. Yeah, and uh, they really took us in. <laughs> yeah, great man of God. Mm-hmm. Great man of God. Wow. So, um, I know when we were talking, as far as you know, uh, for those who don't know, how many children do you all have? Six. Reason why I asked that question is because it's pertinent to the conversation that's about to happen. Mm-hmm. But um, so six children, um, and a very you're talking about music very you all are a very talented family um you know whether that is talent that was given by god as far as like infused or talent that has been um developed you all are just a very talented family and um yeah um i know i mean the first time i think we met you i met you um my wife knew who you all were um but the first time i met you we were playing an event at a gazebo, I think, in a park not too far from y'all's church. Yes. And yeah. uh, this is probably, what, seven, eight years ago, I want to say. Mm. And uh, who was little man back then, no longer little man now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> was was killing it on the base. And I'm like, who's, like, what is this? Like, who is this? And just kind of taking note of, um, you know, watching you all as you're you're interacting um, you know, you're you're over the playing the keys and you're kind of looking at him and kind of, you know, just kind of going, hey, this is what we're doing or whatever. And he's just following you and looking and I'm just like, man, 
And then we went to youth rally early this year um, at UL's church and just watching him and your, and your children just like engage with God, engage in worship, engage in the talents that, you know, you all have helped to, to foster. And um, then we had our conversation at the last youth rally um, and we were just kind of talking about music and ministry and, and life and um, looking from the outside, you all have this, um, and I, I know you're going to say this is not how it is, but looking from the outside, you all have um, what appears to be a very special family unit, very, um, I don't want to say unique in that there aren't other families that have music and talent and things, but there's something very special about you guys. Um, and I don't know exactly what it is, but there's just something that's very special. How'd you all become the Dillards that you are now and the Dillards that you're growing into and that God's making into you, making you to be? How did you all become that? Oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> um, though, of course, of course. Uh, you know, without 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 God, I, I I have a saying. Only God has the power and the gravitational force to keep your life together. Yeah. Other than that, things will just power out of control. Yeah. Um. But I I will I will say this. Um. Much prayer, much fasting. I know this is cliche, but I, I, as a young father, my number one goal was to see my family safe. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't care, any, whatever it took. Um, I, because uh, that's your first ministry. If you cannot minister to your own family and and point them in the right direction, then everything else is it really doesn't matter. Yeah. And so I, uh, um, in the beginning, it was it was just me and Sister Dillard, and not for long. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Short lived. No, the Lord blessed us with these wonderful children. But um <laughs> in our music ministry per se, it was just us. And God blessed us with a lot of people that were very flexible guardrails for us to bump our way down the road mm -hmm. and help us you know, keep that car on the road and build a very strong uh, ministry unto the Lord. That's the one thing people lose um, track of is that no matter how big your church is, how small, whatever, your ministry is unto the Lord and you have to keep that focus that I'm doing this unto God. Yeah. And, um, I was just I was just saying this to my wife because we were trying to remember how everything kind of kicked off and it's 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 amazing that the Bible is full of all these examples of addition coming from subtraction. It's just the way God works. 
and um, as the church grew and uh, different people went different ways, uh, there was some subtraction, but that's just because the Lord has some addition coming. And um, just, you know, uh, trying to do my best to um, give God all that I could at the time. And I knew if I did that, he would make up the rest. My my children started gravitating um, because that was just what I was giving more time to. Um, and so they started saying, like, man, that dad really cares about this. He really does care about what is being offered to the Lord. And the Lord gave me this revelation to me. I know it's just for me because he knows all of his children and he speaks to them in the language that they know. Joseph had that dream about about uh, the crops because he was a farmer. And <laughs> the Lord didn't want him to be confused. He, he wanted them to know exactly what he was saying. And so uh, I wanted to figure a way to impact my children and minister to them. And the Lord said, well, um, you can use music. And in, in the beginning, it didn't, it wasn't clear, but as I started moving forward, I realized that it was very clear. Through music, I was able to teach them um, dedication to ministry. Um, not what we do or what we get to do. Yeah. It's a difference. Um, some people, they they view ministry as a chore or a job, and, and it really should be, man, I get to do this for God. Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, as their children, they're growing up, you'd be surprised how many Bible studies you can get out of some music practice. <laughs> you know, kids have attitudes and emotions and feelings and struggling with learning this and that and Oh, man, you, there there's so many things I was able to use, and I know it was God wisely to help one guide my children into a better relationship with God, and also grow them um, with their instrument. Um, I forgot who said it, but they were saying that your child's first experience with God should be with you. It should not be foreign when the presence of the Lord comes around them yeah. because you should be exemplifying everything that God is. Um, they wow. should know what the presence of God feels like by the way you uh, interact with them, with the way you uh, um, you love them, the way you, uh, you cherish them. And wow. so I can't say that I, I was perfect and in that arena, but um, as we went forward, I was able to uh, really listen to the Lord. Uh, I think the Lord grew me in that in that arena as well. And yeah. uh, and I can't take all the credit. The, the children have to want to partner, want to um, serve God in that way, in that capacity. Wow. Oh, so how did you all as a couple 
Sister Dillard, how did you guys like work through that? Was there ever like those moments of wanting to go one direction and kind of like working through that, talking through that, or, um, you know, you, you see something in a child and you want to navigate, um, how did you all work through that? How was that communication? Like, what was that like? As, as far as the, um, the music is concerned, I guess to kind of, um, even give a little more insight, especially to the, the top question, you know, how, how did the Dillards become the Dillards? One thing that I, and this is from the the voice of the kids themselves, um, especially my oldest ones who can, you know, articulate it the more, a little better. But they always are, are mentioning how, man, I love our family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our family is so cool. I'm so glad we're part of this family. Like, you know, we'll wow. just be randomly sitting around, um, you know, playing games, doing what we do. And they just always just someone will say, man, I love our family, you know, because they'll go to school and they experience their friends who don't have what they have, don't have both parents in the home, aren't close with their siblings. Like, actually, (laughs) they when they go to school, they realize how, for lack of a better word, strange they are unique, peculiar. We want to use those words, too. But um, like my oldest daughter would would always comment like she said i'm surprised how people aren't um not sure what happened it just dropped your your vocals oh okay there we go you're back yes <laughs> and Sorry, so i was telling how yeah my my daughter would mention you know, she would walk her sister to class and people would think that's strange. You know, why are you walking your little sister to class? Like that was a strange thing. Like, cause she's my sister, yeah. you know, and they, they're <laughs> so close. They're, you know, all three of the girls, three girls, three boys, and they're all so close. Like they are each other's best friends and best enemies. <laughs> of course. It's family. Absolutely. And, um, but you know, they are used to just all being together and being around each other. Um, and I remember, beef, you know, just music has always kind of, I've always sang to them, you know, all mothers do that, right? From time to, but you know, I'm, yeah. I've always been a songwriter. And so I would write songs for them and sing to them and always have stuff going on and playing. And I, I can't say what made everyone gravitate to it. I know you um, kind of hinted to it a little bit where the part of where God is absolutely involved, you know, the gifts and talents from God. And then where you have to invest your time and effort and energy as well. Um, But even to the point that my now 11 year old son, he, he wants to play the, the trumpet and he just gravitated to it in a way that seems unnatural. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like he just picked it up. Yeah, he's playing uh, a few weeks ago, eight weeks ago, maybe. And yeah, the level that he plays is we even we look and, and think, how is that possible? You know, but so we know there's wow things that people say are genetic. I, I'm a, I, I assume <laughs> to some point, yeah. but definitely from the Lord. But we we foster 
I like to give a lot of credit to my husband for the um for the close knit of our family. I, I I do think it is I'm really thankful to God for how close we are. Um but he, he grew up tight and he's he's the oldest of eight kids. <laughs> so so he grew up a really tight knit family and I love his brothers like my own and so I've always wanted that for my own um family as well and so I kind of you know he he's always been like that leader and just having a close-knit family and then of course the music just kind of knits us all together I, I mean the girls walk around singing all day I'm like man you don't, don't get tired of singing but that's what they do they harmonize <laughs> and they walk around and they sing and they write songs and they play wow. instruments and it's just a part of the whole atmosphere of our home it's it's yeah. a and so it's never been, hey, if you, someone wanted to do something else. I mean, there's been ebbs and flows. Like, I don't know if I want to give as much time to my drums as I want to. And, you know, hey, yeah. you, it's your decision. You got to make it. Uh, you know, we never feel like they are forced to do it. We always give them options. Hey, if this this is what you want to do, then you want to give it to God 100%. If not it's okay. Let the, you know, it's okay. We all, we don't want to ever feel guilty that just because everyone else is doing this, you have to, you feel obligated. Right. Because um, one thing I've definitely been trying to instill in my own children is what I've had to learn bumps and bruises myself growing up is you, you can't say yes to everything just because you feel like the person wants you to. <laughs> um, this is so true. Yeah. And I, I've learned that the hard way saying yes to every everyone because you think to be a Christian, you have to say yes and you can't, um, <laughs> you can't decline. Yeah. I respectfully decline. You think you're yeah. being mean or being whatever it is. And then you end up with resentment and bitterness um, because you said yes to everyone. And then you're like, well, I've never done anything I wanted to do. <laughs> so right. I don't want my children to ever feel that way. And I've always said, Hey, all you know we want you to always be honest with us don't you won't hurt our feelings you won't hurt our feelings if this yeah let it be from your heart let it be worship from the lord but wow yeah everyone's normally gravitated to it so it's never been like a tension between us to you know i don't know if we should (laughs) go that direction you know so that's awesome (laughs) something you said earlier um that struck me um I had a conversation with Candice. It's probably been like two years ago now. Um, but, you know, we talk about, um, you know, the gifts and, um, you know, people being able to play music, but then, you know, the gifts of the spirit, um, you know, the, you know, the gifts of like administration, things like that. And um, I told Candice, I said, you know, I, I really want to develop in our home the atmosphere so that, you know, as our children see the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God, you know, begins to to save our children, that whatever gift is in there, they're so comfortable using it at home. Right. That when they step into public, they know what that feels like. And that's what you were saying. It was like, I think sometimes we are like, well, we got to foster that at church. And it's like, no, like to be able to foster at home so that, you know, if your child is musically inclined and and they want to practice, that they're at home, they have that. So when the time comes and the opportunity, God opens that door, they just step into it. Or if, you know, 
inside of your child is the gift of prophecy or the gift of tongues and interpretation or the gift of, of the word of wisdom, like whatever that that child is has been given by God to have it fostered at home in right. such a way that when that child steps into public, they're like they know what that feels like and they know the voice of God is and they know how to minister because they learned how to minister at home. Um, I, that is such a biblical, like, oh, that is so good. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, that, you're, absolutely. that you're trying to develop your children. That's what you're, you know, you're talking about earlier. Is like, that's what you all have done is foster the atmosphere in your home so that your children just, it just flows out of them. And that's amazing. That is amazing. Absolutely. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, also, like what you said about flexible guardrails. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Yeah. Um, get people in your life who are forgiving enough to be a flexible guardrail i like that right i might i might steal that i'm just saying that's definitely needed <laughs> none of us um I, none of us are born knowing how to drive a vehicle we all have to yeah. learn and the same way with ministries we have to learn how to drive them um and operate them and i think god for people that truly understand um, uh, that it, it that it doesn't always look perfect, yeah, um, that it doesn't always sound the best, but with the grace and mercy of God, and and having people that can can bear that can bear some things while things are are growing, yeah. um, it you gotta you gotta give honor to that and. Um, and acknowledge that, you know, because no one uh, grows uh, by themselves. The Bible says that we can't even add, you know, an inch to our statue. We can't add right. anything to ourselves. So um, you've got to always remember those that help you. Yeah. Um, this idea of, and I know it's, it's a biblical concept, but, um, if we're honest, a lot of times when we think of our gifts and talents and give them to God, and um, we don't think in terms of always giving our best, right? Um, especially if we're, we're talented in an area, sometimes it's very easy to let the talent um, allow you to coast versus developing and growing in that area. Um was that something that was instilled in you as uh, a child in the culture that you grew up in? Was that something that you all discovered along the way? What made you come to a point in your life that said, I'm, I'm not just going to use the raw talent I have, but I'm going to invest to make it to, to the best that I can be for God. It was, it's, it's, this is amazing um, that this question you gave, because I feel like there's two parts here. Um, I was, uh, our, our church service we just had, uh, yesterday, um, our pastor allowed me to encourage some people at the end of the service. And I was talking about John chapter 20, the account of Jesus appearing bef before the disciples, but Thomas wasn't there the first time. And Thomas says, you know, unless I see those those the nail prints in his hand, and unless I can thrust the side of his body where they 
they pierced him. I do yeah. not believe. And so Jesus appears again, and he goes right to Thomas. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a one on one, and we we know the story. But the part that impacted me so much was Jesus allowed the marks to stay. And that's the biggest picture. Yeah. It's like he could have made himself completely whole, resurrected, and it would have changed nothing of him being almighty God. Right. But he left the marks. The marks were important because the marks say that what should have killed me didn't. Yeah. It was designed to take me out. But it didn't. I survived it. And so, um, and so, and, and this is how I segue to this, your question. The reason I, I feel that I cannot coast and I have to give God all that he deserves is because I know the marks and scars that I have. And it's very easy to rest on them and say, oh, uh, this is good enough. Um, yeah. I, I'm just a lowly little Baltimore City boy uh, that used to play the saxophone, now I play the keyboard. So this is good enough. And no, 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 no. Even with everybody knowing that, the glory belongs to God. Yes, sir. And what is most important is that people see the Bible lived out. When we look at our Bible, people lived outright, flat out with all their heart. They did all they could to serve God. And it needs to stop being just a story in the Bible and people need some realistic examples of this with all the marks with all the scars yeah regular people living flat out for god giving their all why because he's worthy of it yeah i really there really isn't anything else you need to add to that and if that's not enough then you sometimes we have to be uh, mature enough and say, you know what? I haven't grown to that point, but God deserves this. Yeah. Um, and I want he he he's been that faithful, that good, that I cannot just offer him anything. Yeah. And and the other part of it is our society has built itself in such a way where commitment is not even needed. Now, mm. you think about it. Think about how many things you can actually acquire without a contract, without a commitment. Yeah. I mean, anything. Cell phones, cars. I mean, you can drive off a lot today with cars. No payment, no money down, no, no, no nothing. Yeah. And I felt like that kind of creeps in because we live, we live in this mercy and grace that God has bestowed upon us that we think that we can live and do for God in the same way. Um, 
uh, I'll sign later. I'll deposit later, God. You know I'm good for it. And we, we <laughs> Lord, we, we're, we're not at that point to do that. No. Because no, he paid the ultimate price for us. He, he laid down the ultimate payment for us. Wow. And so that's what drives, that's what drives me. Uh, I know who I am. I know that God could use someone else. I know that I'm not, <laughs> I'm not holding up anything. I'm not, if it's not for me, if it doesn't come through me, it's not going to happen. No, 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 no. I get to do this. I, 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 <laughs> it's the honor. It's an honor to do this. Is this is this is good. This is so wonderful to be able to uh, worship with my family and uh, and know in my heart that I, I I give all to God. And he wow. takes that and he does more. And I thank God for it. Yeah, and I think. Um, you know, Lorenzo's always been a big proponent of that. Like he's always teaching that and not just teaching it, but he's the type that doesn't just teach it, but he shows it. Um, he's always telling the, listen, we can't give God half. <laughs> right. And, and one of the big teachers too is experience. You know, we've, we've had those experiences where it's like we know this all like the back of our hand, and what <laughs> you know, it's like we're yeah. we why were y'all off? Why were we missing marks? Yeah. You know, and it's like, and and we realize when we when you take it for granted, and I thank God for those, um, mm -hmm. you know, those experiences where those those lesson teachers <laughs> that okay, yeah. see, you would you wanted to just rely on yourself, <laughs> but yeah. you know, so we we've had the we've seen where maybe we, you know, we've stayed up late practicing because we've had a busy day, but it doesn't matter. We've got to give God his time is, it's, you know, it's not, God didn't, he shouldn't be, you know, on the back burner and the way they, the children will remark themselves that they, they see it. They see the difference. They see when we actually sacrifice and put the time in and we come together um, because a lot of times too, we'll practice uh, music maybe separately. It's you know we have busy weeks between school and work, yeah. and I mean you know yourself. <laughs> so yeah, Max but, said yeah. it though. He said it this He was like, "We destroyed that song." I was like, "I know we killed it." <laughs> and it but, was because he noted. He said, "Brianna, you were down there playing. I was practicing up here." He's like, "Dad was over there practicing it," and he it's. He can see the value, right? And that, that's, yeah. yeah, and yeah. and that's the greatest thing that I, that always um, touches me is when they make the remarks, <laughs> when they see it for themselves, and we don't have to say, "See, see, I told you, kids." <laughs> <laughs> right? No, but right. they're the ones who's like, "Mom or Dad," you know, man, we actually did A, B, and C because of that. They see the difference when we do put the time in, when we do give God. Um, are, are just because we think, oh, oh, I know this. It's okay. I'm going to, you know, you know, and, yeah. and I've learned those lessons too. I'll get the girls and I'll say, hey, yes, we know this song, but we're still going to practice it like it's, we're going to hear some stuff new. We're going to practice like it's brand new because we're going to give that to God. And and the best way when I, whenever I get up to lead worship is literally I get into a zone where I feel like I'm at home. Like I'm, I'm, 
imagining myself at home worshiping. So where I forget about, I'm not, you know, I'm not here to perform. I'm not here to, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm like thinking to myself, I'm right here in my living room, worshiping the Lord. Uh, and, and, right. and so that's where it's the most genuine, because like you, you mentioned before, where you built that atmosphere at home and then you, then you bring it out. You don't wait, <laughs> you, know? right. you don't try to replicate it or try to, you know, bring something or express something that you've never experienced. And so, you know, I can lead worship from my living room, but I happen to be in the sanctuary, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and the same way we're, we're yeah. ministering this song. We were, you know, we're down in our basement um, practicing the music. Okay. So we're just bringing it to a different um, arena, but we're still at home, you know, and yeah. that's where we should be at home before the presence of God at home before his throne, but we're that's just right. in a different arena in front of some other people. But you know what, we're, where are we? We're still at home before God. That's where we are. And we, we, we um, really try to build a culture of that yeah. um, intentionally. You got to be intentional, too. Yeah, yeah. especially with children. You yeah. know, I'm telling you, children bring a whole new light to how you live. Yes. Because you do. know everything you do. <laughs> I, you, you know it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking to the yeah. car. <laughs> <laughs> You re- you you start to just evaluate everything you do because I'm like yeah. man I'm I'm impacting how someone else is going to impact their you're family. Changing, you're always teaching directly or even yes. indirectly. You're always teaching, and you're always a- so, analyzing your own self. Like okay, while I feel like I'm okay to do this, I don't want them before they hit the maturity to know whether to do this and to, you know, just to think I'm going to do it because mom's doing it or dad's doing it. I'm like, you know what, let me just, let me do something different because I want them to come to that, their own maturity and their own decision to do something. So yeah, when when you have children, I'm I'm telling you, I am intentional about making sure they hear prayer. They see prayer. They hear worship. They see worship. So I'm not just telling you to go pray. I'm not just telling you to go reach a Bible. I'm not telling you to, um, you know, before they leave the house early in the mornings, I get them up at 530. They have to go to school so early. It's ridiculous in this county. But um, we're we're six six fifteen, actually 610. We're, everybody, we're in the living room. We're, we're doing our devotions. We're praying before they get out that door and go on the school bus. They, uh, when they come home, you know, Hey, before you do, what did, what did you do your afternoon devotions? Or before I can even ask them, my two youngest will say, mommy, you read our Bible and prayed. <laughs> okay. But they know I'm going to ask them, you know? Yeah. So, and, and, and it's just building routines, building, keeping patterns. Just that's what God did for us. He had a pattern, a type of shadow, the, the tabernacle, keeping yeah. those routines, keeping those patterns until it becomes where I don't have to keep reminding you to do it. I don't have to keep telling you to do it. You know, mm. it's it's now become a part of what they do and who they are. And then they can go to church and bring that same thing. They can minister, whether it's with my, my son, um, my 11 year old son. He he wants to sing. He acts. He's been acting for <laughs> the last. So so I, he wants to sing. He wants to sing. I said, I said, you should be singing now, son. Yeah. It's not about being on the platform. I said, you have to lead from the floor. You got to lead from the floor. That's right. Then when you lead from the floor, then you can lead from before. (laughs) I made that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's so good though. Cause I think sometimes we, um, 
we can, especially younger people, um, the young people who will be listening to this, um, but you can feel like, well, I'll wait for that moment and then I'll step out. But mm-hmm. you, you got to be preparing, right? I mean, that the whole time y'all been talking, I've been thinking about David, right? Mm-hmm. David's in the field, but he's, he's, he's building this relationship with God with prayer and music. And then there comes an opportunity for God to use his music to drive out an evil spirit for a king. Right. Or, but if he's not been practicing, there's no opportunity for that to happen because he doesn't have the relationship with God and he doesn't have the skill. But or, because he took the time and while he's watching sheep doing the everyday thing to build the skill and build the relationship when it comes time, both come into play. That's and right. uh, that's just... And you're talking about the tabernacle and uh, the routine. I'm like, there was that, there was those moments, those months of them trying to figure out, okay, where does this piece go again? Where does this piece go again? But then there was that, there was that moment that it clicked. Yeah. And they didn't have to ask anymore. And, oh, like just, uh, okay. So as we're talking, I'm just like feeling the presence of God, but um, just that moment of like, there's that moment where you, when you build the pattern and routine in your home, you're talking about you don't have to ask anymore. I'm not, and mm-hmm. obviously you're not saying that it's perfect in your in your home and that there's no arguments or no, but that that the routine is understood. God comes first. That's right. And that click, oh man, that's just beautiful. Amen. Amen. That is beautiful. Um. So we were talking at the, the youth rally and um, you mentioned the ushering people to seats. Yeah. And um, if you would, I'm not going to say it, but if you would give kind of like a, a, a um, unpack that for me, because as you're talking about ministering and, and that being part of ministry, yes, sir. I see in a bigger picture now why that concept matters so much to you guys. So if you would unpack that for me. Yeah. Um, when, when me and my wife first started, like it was I, literally, like I was saying, it was just me and her and I could only play in one key. <laughs> Every song. Every song. Jesus. <laughs> Poor baby. I'm so sorry, honey, but you stuck with me and I thank the Lord. <laughs> but uh um uh it was a minister that came to us and said if you cannot carry it home, you cannot usher it here. Yeah. And he said it again. And he said, um, what you do at home. That's what you're going to be able to usher here. And the Lord began to share with me that, no, I do not usher in the presence of God. But like an usher, I can show you where God is. Mm. And you, you, and as a worship leader and leading in worship, our, our job, because we should be in tune with God, whatever it takes. We need to be in tune with God. We need to be on, on his page, whatever it is. And um, 
And you only get that type of sensitivity, anointing by constantly being in his face. Yeah. I have about an hour and a half drive to work every day. And I mean, it's in the wee hours in the morning and I'm driving. And I spend as much time as possible in the presence of God. It's something about the still of the morning. Yeah. And it's the one time that everything is kind of quiet and still. And my mind is finally just not really thinking about anything else. I'm just driving. And this is where I get most the tug and pull the direction from God is at this point at this point. And I will say that without that, my ministry wouldn't be as impactful or effective. And I'm just talking about just to my family. Yeah. I always try to get it down to the lowest common denominator. And I have to impact my family. That's the problem. There's so many people out here wanting to impact the masses and their families are going to hell and yeah. their families are not saved and their families need them. Their families need a word from God too. And you're right there. I, I find out what's the more, what's the worst travesty to live in the home of your yeah. family and they go to hell and you, you live with them and not impact them. And rather than worry about having this dynamic spirited word for someone else and God gave what's most important to you, your family. So um, I, I try to make sure that as a family and with, you know, this is not done without your wife being 100% locked up with you. Yeah. Um, we, we talk a lot. We text a lot. We, <laughs> We polo a lot, whatever we can do to keep communication in ourselves together, because we both have, you know, day jobs and ministry and family. So. Um, but if you are not doing this, if you're not. Uh, in the presence of God at your home. And, and not even understand how that feel, how how is it even possible for you? To, to help people understand that the water is troubled, mm. that God is here, that right now is the time that you, 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 you want to move right now. The Lord is here. Um, and that's what it's, that's what it's about is uh, helping people understand, Hey, this, this, this is your opportunity, but it all comes from the home. It starts there. I mean, you hit it on the nail. I mean, you hit that nail right on that head. If we do not impact our home and our family, and we do not constantly fortify our boundaries with our wives and our children, then we are we're not building a strong church. Strong yeah. churches are built off of strong families. Yeah, and um. And so we, in essence, we use our ministry unto the Lord as a, I guess, as an operating tool on our own family. 
Mm. Um, and that way, it's 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 it, it does two jobs. So, the same ministry that we we're we're preparing to offer to God, we use that same ministry to 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 serve our, to serve us, to serve our family with and help sculpt. I was, I, I, this is another thing that's, I tell my children too, is that um, me and mom, me and your mother, we gave you your shape, but God defines you. Um, so who you are, it does come from us, but those inner works, those details, they all come from God. God does that. Yeah. We, we, we don't have the steady hand to, to detail and chisel our children the way they should be before God. Only God can do that. And so although we gave them their shape, God defines them. And so I just try to use That's um, our ministry um, that we give unto God um, as an instrument uh, of growth, um, of pruning, of nurturing, all of these things are necessary um, to grow strong, firm, family foundation that everyone can stand on and serve God. Because this this world is wicked. Yeah. And this foundation with your family has to be rock solid. And it can't be built upon what daddy and mommy said. It has to be built on a foundation of God. The, the Bible has to be something that is uh, of, of all time, a rock of ages. It has to be something, a firm foundation. Yeah. And so I, that, that, that statement was given to us uh, from, I think it was Minister Scott. Um, and it's, it stuck with me for years and uh, definitely has propelled me to really want to, bring unto God what is due to his name. Yeah. What have you all done? You're talking about you all give the shape, but God gives the details. What do you have what have you all done when you find yourself with your hand on the chisel? And how do you help prevent yourself from going there when you see things that um <laughs> bother you? Right? Because as a parent, we all want, like, we see it and we, I mean, I think it's just instinct to grab the hammer and the chisel and begin to try to shape and design the inside. So what have you done when you find yourself with a hammer and the chisel? And um, what do you do to kind of help keep yourself there? And Sister Lorenzo, or Sister Dillard, if I can start with you, I'd, I'd like to start there and then. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a very good question. <laughs> and, uh, and you were actually a part of this example that I can give. I don't have to go into details, but um, knowing, okay, you know, and I, at the risk of sounding cliche, but it's true. My goodness. And for me, I'm <laughs> always pausing and trying to make sure, okay, am I moving off of something that's just uh, my own personal preference, my own personal opinion? Let me pause 
and pray. So I will pray and pray and pray and just ask the Lord to give direction and counsel from, you know, I'm just, I just start looking for signs everywhere. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm just praying. I'm like, God, I need you to speak to me. I need you to speak to me. I need you to speak to me. And, you know, but, but for, for some mm-hmm. things that I'm like, okay, it is something that needs to be uh, addressed and I'll bring it to, to Lorenzo. I'll bring it to my husband first and say, I really want to address this situation. Pray with me about it or thank God for, you know, um, you know, a, a God fearing man uh, that can go to the Lord and get some direction. I mean, yeah. it's been times where he said, you know what? It is valid. But let's wait for God to, you know, convict on that to, you know, to the individual, to to one of my sons or daughters of something, you know, and I'm talking about stuff that's not, it's not going to cause them to die tomorrow, (laughs) you know? Right, right. Um, The stuff of character building and, you know, personality things, you know, maturity and different things. Definitely pausing and, and praying. And then asking the Lord at the end of the day, okay, God, where I need to go to your word. I need to validate this with your word. And if it's just the word of God, plain and simple, then then I ask God for the wisdom, right. the window of opportunity to bring it up and to address the situation. Uh, and, you know, so it can get under control, but really and truly pausing <laughs> and and praying. And then the other thing that helps me too is looking, you know, looking back into my own life and self and the grace of God, I come face to face with every time, you know, the things that we know that we've done and we wish we could go back and undo perhaps, or the things yeah. we didn't do and wish we can go back and do. Um, but really recognizing how, great the grace of God is and extending that same grace to my own children and trusting the Lord, Mm -hmm. trusting the Lord and putting it into true practice. And it's not easy to put that trust in the Lord that we always say um, in practice, but (laughs) literally breathing hard and praying and say, God, I'm going to trust you because I see what you did for me (laughs) and you're the same God. You know, <laughs> yeah. wow, wow, and for you, bro, how does that work? Um, it, okay, so, uh, all the things she said is absolutely, absolutely, um, the way we go about it. Um, it's amazing that we shout loudly that we trust God except on this part. I think I need to I think I need to fix this God. You know, I trust you to do all the other stuff. Yeah. And proclaim what he has done. But I don't know you can do this one God. This is a little bit outside of your, you know, your pay grade, you know? So Yeah. Um the hardest thing the hardest thing to do um is to be to your children what God has been to you. Um, and the heart, the reason is, is because 
you have lived their lifespan and you understand what's before them. But you got to understand that the Lord knows that too. Um, uh, my, my son, my oldest, uh, teenage group, that's what I call him all the time. Uh, he, uh, he went through a little period where, uh, uh, job-wise, it dried up for him for work. And I was telling him, I, I brought him the example of, of the the children of Israel. And of course, he looked at me and was like, okay, so where are we going with this, Dad? And I said, the children of Israel were like mostly, they were mostly captives. I mean, I mean they were slaves like all the time. And he's still looking at me like, Dad, what are, you, what are you talking about? I said, um, God allowed them to be in bondage, utter bondage, slaves. And that was to save them. Because mm. had they not been slaves, they would have been utterly destroyed. And I said, right yeah. now, you feel like you're in bondage. Why is this not working out for me? Why can't I do this? Why can't why can't I do this? What's happening? I said, you don't understand what God could be saving you from. Yeah. Perspective. Perspective. Yeah. Being a slave, being in bondage is much better than being dead. And I told him, I said, there's different types of death, not just physical, there's spiritual death. We we got to be careful. And sometimes just because something is available, that don't mean we need it, you know. And so sometimes true. the Lord will just close these things up, put you in bondage because he loves you. He loves you. You are his people. And he wants to save you. And don't let you be destroyed. That he yeah. could bring you to a better place, and um, so sometimes with children, um, we have to let the things <laughs> work themselves out. Mm -hmm. uh, we we came up there for uh, what was that the U Valley? Yeah, that 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 whole. Brother Gray, you have no idea the sequence of things that had transpired to that point. My son was worshiping from a standpoint of freedom, not bondage. Yeah. What was perceived bondage was now realized freedom. Mm hmm. And I could not hold back the tears as I watched him worship the Lord and dance and, and be yeah. free. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, as people are listening to this, um, I can imagine there are people who are listening going, we're not there. There's no way we could be that. There's no way we could do that. What would you say to someone who's listening about finding 
their own path and their own identity as a family in God. Mm. Uh, <laughs> these seem, this might seem very simple, but it is what it is. Uh, I understand that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. And that all of your all of your imperfections are perfect. As God gave mm. them to you. God gave them to you. Um we 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 uh give you an example. Uh this 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 Twitter world, this Instagram, Facebook world, look, people post stuff and you just see the end result. But our right. minds accept it as instant. This is what happens. So they never see uh, the 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 work. Yeah. The the late nights where you can't sleep. It's because the Lord wants to talk to you. Mm -hmm. um, they don't see the. And so they they have this uh, narrative that that's what I have to be, but it's not happening for me, and um, I'm I'm here, and because I'm here, I'm not even even going to start. I'm not even going to try. Mm. It's amazing that, like I said, give the car analogy again. We none of us know how to drive a car, but it didn't deter us from learning. And we yeah. probably wasn't good after the first time. We had to keep doing it. But after a while, now we drive and it's like we don't even have to think about it. It's yeah. like walking. And I, I would just say to everyone, your family is so important to God. What your family is, how they operate is so important. Don't try to make your family anything that it isn't. Lord, we got to stop competing. Mm. Oh, that's a whole nother topic. We have yeah. to stop competing. We have to. We There's so much to do in the kingdom of God and everybody, there's there's room for everyone. Yeah, and yes. uh, I like 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 my wife said we have our own weird little things. Uh, we like riding home afternoon after church, and we like rapping. We play <laughs> beats in the truck. We beat on the panels in my truck, and we freestyle rap. <laughs> um, and we pulled over to the gas station. We went to a Seven Eleven. I was getting gas, and the windows were down. When you got six to seven other people <laughs> laying down a beat inside your truck, my truck yeah. was knocking. It was, <laughs> bro, it was, I'm bobbing my head. I'm out there pumping gas. This guy walks past. He's like, dude, is that your family in there? I'm like, yeah. Bro. He's like, what are y'all doing? I was like, oh, we just freestyle rapping. <laughs> just like that. He was like, y'all just came from church? I'm like, yeah. 
He was like, man, I want what y'all have. Bro. And I was like, yeah. it, I mean, like, when he grabbed my arm, he grabbed my arm and was like, I want what you have. And I was like, mm-hmm. I mean, I was kind of paralyzed because it was just like, I knew it was so much there, but at the same token, it was just like, just, just, we're weird and it's just what we do, you know? So, but I'm okay with that and we're okay with that and we, we love who we are. That's the other thing. Um, we compete and we compare. God made you who you are for a reason. And you have to love that because God loves you. And and foster that. And and it's okay to tell your family that you love their weirdness. And I think it's crazy. But I love it. <laughs> and embrace yeah. it. And, and, and before you know it, you, you have this love affair with your family and it's a, it's a brand and it's coupled and, and nurtured in the power and might of God. And it, it's galvanized. And, and um, the, the one thing, bro, you know, you know, it's the truth. You, one thing people can tell, they can tell what's real. Yes. And the thing is, I don't even have to have ever seen it. And I can tell you if it's real or not. And it's because I can tell by how other people respond to it. Yeah. I, I don't have to actually have seen it. I don't have to have seen it before. But the one thing that's undeniable is authentic reality. We 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 know it. We know it when we see it. Yeah. And um that's important. So yeah, I I just we we need more real apostolic God loving people that are not afraid to show their scars and their marks. That's not trying to sound perfect. That's not trying to look perfect. Because I the last time I checked, he was bruised. Mm. He was whipped. And then he was hung. He wasn't pretty either. Yeah. And if he didn't hide it, why should we? There for the world to see. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, as I'm sitting here listening, I'm like, God, help us as believers to be free from trying to fit a mold Mm-hmm. Because I mean, even you know, looking, you know, just as you're talking, just reflecting on what I know about, you know, our family, and and it's just like you know, there there there's this pressure, mm-hmm. yeah, to be, to look, to mm-hmm. sound, to act, and it's like, but who, like, you know, my my daughter, my oldest daughter, Abby, um love i love all of our children but i love her quirkiness like she's just she's so lighthearted, and she's just like she doesn't walk anywhere she's either running skipping bouncing like that's just who she is she's always making a joke she's always trying to make you laugh she's always smiling right. when she's not you know she's not feeling good you know and in my head is like I, I i'm like i want to protect that like i want her to still be obviously mature and grow but 
you know, seeing the, the personality that God has given her and be like, I want to protect that. Like you, you remind me of your aunt, you know what I mean? Like the, the laughing and the trying to make people happy and, and brighten a room. And, yeah. and, um, you know, you see that, you are like, I want to protect that. But then there's that, there's always that pressure, right? you know, to look and go, okay, so, you know, and should she be that quirky? Should she be? And it's like, and you're like, no, no, no. Just embrace, like embrace who God's made her to be. Mm-hmm. Guide with the scripture and prayer with love and with grace and mercy and let God take care of the details and just be who God's made you to be. That's right. And I think as adults, we tell our kids that all the time, but we don't do it. Uh Like as adults, we're like, you know, we tell our kids, you know, God's made you special. God's made you unique, you know, but as adults, we find ourselves trying to fit into that that mold whether it's a church mold as far as like um you know uh, as far as like not and i don't mean you know salvation or things like that but or scriptural standards but as far as just kind of like you know yeah. your hair as far as like you know women well you're supposed to look like this you're supposed to wear these these style of clothing as far as like it's gonna come from this designer person or like you know what i mean and as men it's like okay so you have to talk this way if you're a preacher you got to preach this way you know, right. you got to, you know, when you walk in, you have to have this type of presence. And it's like, mm-hmm. but who did God make you? And as adults, I think that's probably one of the things that make us less, less able to give of ourselves is we forget who we were mm-hmm. as young people and children. Right. Because we have to become so many other things. You know, you're, you're your father, your your husband, your you know, uh, whatever business you work for and whatever place in that business you hold, you know, people expect these things of you. And so to be something other than that seems so foreign. But in reality, God was able to use you all in your quirkiness, but in you all just being you to go, hey, to have a family, one, I mean, if we're honest, right? So as African-Americans, Mm-hmm. having a mother and father in a home is already an anomaly. Right. It is. Having children in a home that are all yours together Come on. is another one. Right. Preaching good, huh? And, yeah. the, and the fact that you guys are together not because it's convenient, but because you want to be and you're in ministry. And Don't you're, make me you're, cash out. <laughs> well, well, I'm, bro i'm just saying like, you're you're putting yourself in this position in public like i know when we go out as a family mm-hmm. we get some of the weirdest looks sometimes because it's sure. like you're trying to figure out is that all yours is that like how does that work and it's like no nah, it's all mine it's my kids like my yeah. my daughter runs up and gives me a hug and people are like you know i'll give her a hug back or i pick her up and I, and people look and it's just like you you can do that and it's like yes yeah. like you you can do this and God God used your quirkiness, your uniqueness, you all being you for a guy walking by. Like God knows what impact that's gonna have on that man. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in this world, you walk by a family and if the van like if the van or whatever is like moving, it's because somebody's in the back swinging. 
Exactly. Somebody <laughs> took something that was theirs. You right. know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not, it's it's not. Everybody's on their phone. Everybody's locked into like their their own little social social world, and they don't know who's even sitting beside them and and who they are and and what they're they're like and they're like we don't know yeah. these things anymore. And so, God bless you all. Y'all are just yeah. <laughs> just, and I, I feel like the I feel like the children are, you know, in your case and in else's case, who who or have eyes to see. I feel like that's one of the gifts of having children is me telling my daughters, me telling my sons, um, and when I always greet them as, you know, you're my daughters of virtue and my men of honor <laughs> mm. my men of honor my daughters of virtue and um but telling them that you know i watch all their per- i mean when you have you know that many <laughs> you yeah. see the blossoming personalities and i'm like man i'm so thankful that you're that way i'm thankful that yeah. you feel that you have the confidence you have you know i'll think man i wish i had that confidence you just you know uh, or I'm thankful that you are able to express yourself freely um, in the way that you are. You know, you're expressive and you're confident, but then you can still be, you know, shy if you need to be and not feel obligated. You know, and I tell them, right. you know, I, for them to be their personalities. But what it has done for me is it's helped me to feel a little freer, you know, because I'm like, you know, I, I don't want you to feel like you're in a prison of your own self. You know, you're 30 years old trying to find who you are still because you've um, allowed yourself to mold into other people's expectations of what you thought they were expecting you to be. And I'm like, I don't want you to be, you know, 30 years old or 32 years old trying to free yourself from what you've encapsulated yourself into. No, yeah, you can be godly and be you be, be who God created you to be, be, have your personality. And that's helped me. To be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm telling them that. Ha- be, have your personality, you know? I know sometimes I'll, like you said, the what we think is obligations for church. But, you know, just being honest, you know, I'll tell people, I I'm, I can't come. I'm peopled out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't. I need my energy to just, I need my downtime to get my energy back from yeah. from peopling you know and and but you know it used to be like yeah sure 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 and then be drained because i'm trying to smile exactly. and wave smile and wave <laughs> and i'm like i can't smile and wave a minute longer you know so <laughs> you know being uh honest and genuine and authentic i mean mm-hmm. that's what god created us you know so yeah. if we could as as people of the kingdom have that liberty i mean we quote the scriptures where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty but we don't realize the dynamic of that liberty yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, to wow. be liberated and, and to be who God created you to be. Yeah. yeah. As you're talking, um, something came to me. I think so the way that you all have developed your family, you know, you always talk about kids, you know, we gotta, you gotta leave to find yourself. And it's like, you should never have to leave home to discover who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, like yeah. you should, you should never. Like uh, our children should never have to leave the four walls of our house to discover who they are. Now to grow and mature and and discover different things that they can add to who they are. Yes, but if they have to leave to discover who they were, we did something wrong. 
Mm-hmm. Like, you shouldn't have to go to college to discover yourself. You shouldn't have <laughs> to go in the real world to discover who you are. Like, as parents, like, we're mandated. Like, that's what we're supposed to be doing is allowing them to find who they are in in the safety of, of the flexible guardrails that you talked about earlier yeah. of our home where they can discover that personality and, and who they are. And then as they go out, they have that base to come back to, you know what I mean? Like it's, I think that's why a lot of people kind of go, go crazy trying to find themselves is they haven't, they never had a base. So they never right. had a foundation to come off of because they didn't have that foundation in the home. They didn't have a, this is who we are identified. Yeah. They didn't have that baseline to go, okay, so this is, this is where I come back to. Like I can, I can go up and I can go over, you know, they talk about, I think it's the palm tree in mm-hmm. the storm, right? You know, how like as tall as it is, is how far its roots are down. Yep. So because its roots are so deep, it has the ability to flex with what's going on around it, but then it's always going to return back to where it's supposed to be at. And for our children to be able to build roots down in the ground in our home that yes. is so deep that when they step out into the world, you know, they aren't caught off guard by conversations because we've had those conversations at home. Exactly. They, they aren't caught yeah. off guard by somebody saying, well, what do you think about this? That, you know, as far as God not being true or whatever it is, and they're not caught off guard because they're like, okay, so we've had that conversation at home and I know how to answer that. I know why what you're saying sounds good, mm-hmm. but isn't. I know why what you said or what you're saying sounds like a, a good argument, but it isn't a good argument because of these things. Mm-hmm. Like being able to build the root system. I know like they know how to pray. They know how to fast. They know how to connect to God for themselves. And so when they step out, they're not trying to find themselves. They're trying to now give of themselves and who they are and grow. And, um, I feel like for you all, that's what you all are doing um, and have done up to this point with your children. Just when I see them, um, it's just a, it's a different ball game. Y'all, mm-hmm. y'all are playing a different ball game than a lot of families are playing. <laughs> um, your, your goals are different. Um, you know, there's a, and I don't mean this in a, in a snarky way toward anybody who's listening, but families that have purpose and families that have direction are on the field playing. And a lot of times families that are not on the field playing to win are the fans in the stands mm-hmm. who get mm-hmm. joy off of watching other people win. That's good. You know what I mean? Like yep. when you when you're focused and you're like, okay, so this is where we're going, you're you're the team that's on the field and you're actually playing. But how many millions of people get joy out of watching someone else win. Yep. Right. And then they go home and their life has never changed. Right. And I feel like for families, like we've got to wake up and be like, okay, so reality check. We're not playing the game. We're not playing to win. We're, we're in the stands watching other people win on our phones, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, at church, at the soccer game, at the ballet recital, at the we're watching other families win. 
And we have never even strapped on pads yet. We haven't Mm. practiced yet. We have, we, you know, there's the story of, I forgot who it was. I want to say it was Vince Lombardi or whatever. He was coaching. And, um, if, if I'm wrong, whoever is the fourth, the sports fans out there, don't murder me on, on comments, (laughs) but his team was losing. And he walked in the locker room and he said, gentlemen, we're starting at the basics and he helped with football. And he said, this is a football. And for a lot of families, we don't even identify what a football is. That the object of the game is to get the ball from one person to the next, from one generation to the next generation. We're happy being in the stands with the soda and the popcorn painted up and cheering on the sideline. (laughs) And we've never stepped on the field to play. And I think families like yours are a testament that it is possible to play the game and play it well if you play as you are, meaning you play true to who God's made you to be. Mm -hmm. You don't try to be somebody else. You don't try calling somebody else's plays. Right. right. So, I mean, as people are listening to this, like, well, we're not, we're not musically inclined. You don't have to be musically inclined to have That's an awesome right. family. That's right. That's right. Like, you know, you're talking about embracing your uniqueness, embrace who you are. What, I mean, if you guys, like, if, if you're someone who's listening to this and you're like, you know what, I love board, we love board games, play board games and use that time with board games to build That's family right. structure, talk That's about right. God. You, yes. you might be a family who likes to play sports. You might be a family who likes arts and like as far as like you know uh, painting and drawing like yeah. whatever it is you might be a family who loves working on cars going atving going camping whatever it is right. be you to the glory of god that's right be you so that when people see you they're okay i want whatever it is you have that 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 knit that you all have that that uniqueness you guys have i want whatever it is you have because uniqueness is not what they're after. They're after what God has put together. They're after right. that that essence of the spirit of God that has bound you guys together. That guy who saw you, he saw your quirkiness, but he felt something different. Amen. You know yep. what I mean? Like he, he didn't, he didn't, it wasn't the quirkiness he was after. It was that feeling of unity in this, this family's one. How That's do you right. get that? Mm-hmm. You know, the man man <laughs> thank you man. I, yeah um i have a question for you guys but i'm, I'm gonna base this off of whether or not you guys have time <laughs> yeah, we're good. okay so the question i have i'm gonna I'm transition a little bit um and i'm gonna ask you from a family standpoint having six children from a practical standpoint how did you all navigate? How are you navigating? How did you navigate and how are you navigating having six children working ministry from a practical sense? How did that work for you guys and how did you guys work that out? Um, I don't know. She... She got caught up in replicating herself, and (laughs) 
I was the mad scientist that said, okay, let's do the experiments. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no. It, 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 it's it, definitely been a... In the beginning. A, a, it's a, a, yeah, because what happens is... Um, <laughs> you're, you're, I think that's how, I think that's how, how, how every good story we, starts off. What happened was... <laughs> <laughs> we're together. And, okay... We you introduce children into your into your family, and from the beginning there is, this is the key is that, um, brother you you you're a one time dad, you get one time. You don't get to come back, and say yeah. oh you know what I learned, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna be a better dad. No, you're constantly learning on the job. Yeah, so. In the beginning, you have this, you have a child, and things are sometimes done out of fear, mm. the unknown, yeah, obligation. But you begin to realize that um, I have to put a plan to this, yeah, for this to actually work, because. You know, I'm I'm literally looking at myself right now, <laughs> and mm. I really do care about myself. And the Lord has uh, trusted me with this soul, and so I have to make sure that certain things are in place. Yeah. And so there's specifically, especially with us when we're young. I still feel like I'm young. I'm only 41, but we started having we had all our kids in a bunch, six kids in 10 years. Ooh. Um, and so, you know, the, the biggest driving point with a growing family will always be finances. Yes, sir. Um, was 100%. Um, and the way, the way, the way I view it, biblically standpoint as a father is the financial part to a father is without question is, it's non-negotiable. It's nothing to even talk about yeah. because me being a father, that comes with my provision. That's just the same way the Lord provides for us because he's our father. Why are we even talking about anything else? Because he's our dad. That, that You never, you never even question, like you growing up with your dad, like you know, my dad's yeah. going to take care of me because he's my father. You never worried about that. So um, that's the same way I thought about it. But I also I also realized that being a father, my provision just was not finances only, but I needed to also provide other things for my family. And spiritual direction was something I, I had to really, really work on and get straight. Hmm. Because I did not want to be uh, effective only in the natural with my family and not impact them where it counts the most and that's their spiritual growth. Um, there's a lot of men out here that can provide and take care of family very well. Yeah. But do you have a word for your family? Can you seek a word for your family? Do you pray? Yeah. Do your family see you that you have a relationship with God? 
are you transparent with them? Um, I make mistakes. I tell my family I'm sorry. Uh, they need to see all these types and shadows from you. Yeah. So they understand that one, yeah, he's he's daddy. He takes care of us. He's human and flesh and blood, just like us. He loves God. He can make mistakes. God forgives him. God can forgive me. And um, and so our family group. And the craziest thing with this, uh, Jonathan, is that as our family was growing, my wife was still going to college, bachelor's mm -hmm. from Maryland, English. Still going to school, wow. working, and church, and uh, the balance there. I will all I will say this has not always been healthy. Wow. Um, that that wouldn't be a true statement. Uh, I think that's a big issue. Uh, with, yeah, with families time. today, with families today, um, it's balancing that family, church, work, all that that that, that balance and getting it just right. Um, it is part of that. Um, we touched on a little bit that psyche of if I don't do it, I'm not Christian enough. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and so, yeah. I remember in the earlier years and then of course with the last two uh matured and learned <laughs> but with the earlier years it felt like well you know i just had the baby but i, I still i still have to i still got to do this i still got um yeah. okay no the mm -hmm. the world will go on without you yeah. and and yeah. and it's in part uh you know you have to kind of be honest with yourself and the better stuff it's, it's reverse pride because you think if you don't do it, it's not going to go on without you. <laughs> like, yeah. So so you tell yourself that, oh, I'm just trying to be, you know, a servant. I'm trying to, you know, I don't want to let people down. But if you really think about it, yeah, I had, I had to, you know, had to bite that bullet and swallow that pill when the Lord revealed that that's that's pride, yeah. you know, and you learn that. And so you understand where you have to be still and understand that this is this is time that I need to prioritize for my health, the health of my children, the health of my family. So, um, yeah. Delegate someone else to do what you normally would do That's and right. then trust the Lord and, and yeah. leave, leave it alone. Um, yeah. So uh, navigate. That's why I said it's been an ebb and flow, because I remember with the first three, it was definitely a learning curve. Oh, yeah. Lord Jesus. Uh, as far as you know, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Knowing how much to uh, to to do. Yes. And and be okay with not doing some things. Um. Mm. So. Wow. I say that's why God makes us go to sleep. We don't realize it. <laughs> it's, it's so we realize the world goes on without us. Yeah. You know. <laughs> We can't have our hands on it all the time. So I want to ask this too, because I know growing up, um, I was blessed to have both my mom and dad in the home. And um, I w it was unique, I think, uh, because I got to see my mom's perspective on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, 
But as as a mother of six, I know even just watching my wife, like so my mom was a mother of four, my wife is a mother of five. Um, there's a lot of things that you all deal with or can deal with um, from an emotional side. Um, and I know you talked about having that me time. Um, what were some things that practically you found work for you to allow you to be able to one, get out of the mix, um, be able to, to kind of clear your mind, clear your emotions and be able to re-engage um, with a clear head and clear, clear mind. Oh, good question. Um, and even still learning now, <laughs> to be honest, it's a, it's a day by day learning um, journey, but I know I've always been, and just really to be practical, I've always been one that journaled. Mm. So I would always, you know, somehow steal away and just journal. Yeah. A lot of times in my journals, they're prayers to the Lord. So I would write in my journal as if I'm writing to the Lord. Um, and then believe it or not, even as a, a busy mom, I, and I used to read read people say this and I would laugh like that's not practical, that that's fake. But getting up early and then of course not when you're, you know, have a new baby, you know, right. so, but I really, I used to love, or late, late at night when everyone would be sleeping and it's quiet and it's the stillness of the, of the night. I used to love, and I still do, that stillness of the night to just sit and breathe and meditate and pray or write in my journal or if it's early in the morning if I could get up like I said depending on the season of life of the kids right yeah, <laughs> yeah. at that time because when they're newborns you're up like three times a night and four times so but you know just with the seasons learning how to move with the seasons but finding those spaces to whether it was late at night those used to be my favorite times even if I was super tired I, I appreciate it just wow, everyone's down finally. Yeah. I can breathe and just sit in the corner because <laughs> I, I like sitting on the floor. It's it just comfortable for me and uh, just kind of enjoying the quietness and just breathing it in and just praying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know it's been for, you know, again, just kind of watching. Um, and I thank God I had the example of my mother. I know I'd wake up one of the things I treasure is I'd wake up in the morning. My dad was in the military. So as far as his, as far as his actual devotional life, it wasn't something I got to see because, you know, he was up at four in the morning. Oh, yeah. I was still asleep. Um, but I remember waking up and, and walking down the hall, like go to the bathroom or go to like the whatever and seeing my mom in the living room. And she was getting that time in mm -hmm. of prayer, you yeah. know, and I'd wake up to hear her singing to God or, you're just worshiping God and um, not to go back to the conversation we we're talking about before, but that's where I learned what the presence of God felt like oh. in our home was when my was feeling it when my mom, you know, was, was praying and um, just the atmosphere she kept in her house. But um, knowing that that's so important because I know like it can, it can feel like you can't disengage. Oh um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I think for me as a, as a husband, Right is people are like 
I, I, there are moments I realize I'm not engaged as engaged as I should be in order for her to be able to disengage, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so as a husband, what would be some advice you would give to um, a father that would allow a father and husband that would allow him to understand the need for his wife to disengage and be able to get away? Um, you have to understand that uh, you and your wife, uh, no matter what um, things y'all have in common, no matter how much you know them personality-wise, uh, you cannot be everything to them. It's a hurtful feeling because you love your wife and... Yeah. Uh, as a man, you, you you feel like you're her protector and and all those things, but um, you can't provide everything that she needs. Um, specifically, um, when it comes down to the children, especially when they're young, they don't really necessarily need you, but they need the mom <laughs> the most. Yeah. So uh, my favorite position to hold the children was the little football, the yeah. football uh, hold. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, and it's important, I, I think, personally, uh, both uh, giving time and rest for them and also allowing your wife to see you interact with your child is to just take your child and force upon them. I I, I got them. I want to hold them. Yeah. I, I want to hold her. I want to, I want to, I want No, 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 I got them. No, 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 no. Get my baby. You go, you go, you go do this. You go do that. Go, go, go take a shower. Go, go, go do something. Yeah. Um, just as a reset. Um, and it, it feels good. You have to understand that, um, and I've learned this over the years too. This is not just something that, boom, I was, it came in the package when we got married. No, it did not. I had to learn this one. Um, it's everyone's love language is different. Yeah. Um, if, if only and, that was downloaded automatically. Yeah, I, I wish. <laughs> I, I, I wish. Uh, but you have to realize, like, even things that you assume that, man, this is nice. You got to like that. No, some people it, it doesn't yeah. register. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the 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 way to get to that point is vulnerability. People don't like to be vulnerable, but you have to uh, yeah. be vulnerable. Be be willing to be wrong, um, but uh, be vigilant in trying. Um, and so. I, I know for a fact, give this one privy thing is my wife loves, 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 loves taking pictures of old rusted stuff, barns, <laughs> trucks, old patina things. She loves taking p- pictures of that stuff. She loves horses. Yes. Yeah. I really don't care too much about that, <laughs> but she'll tell you. I do find spots for her in my mm. travels. 
um, I found this farm out west near Culpeper where they have these beautiful red brown horses that run on the hills. Wow. And I looked at those horses and I said, man, it's going to stink when I come out here, but uh, I got to bring her out here. Yeah. Why? Because that's her love currency. Yeah. And so I would just say to all young fathers out there with families, learn your wife's love language, her currency, um, even as much as just ask her. Like sometimes as men, we don't like to ask. We like to just figure it out, right? Yeah, and I was going to say that mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've learned that you're, and, and just ask. Lot, yeah, just so true. Really, you you know these things, head knowledge, like what, like we can't read each other's brains. You know right. it. We know it, but we still, we still yeah. want to act like you can. Like <laughs> we've been married for twenty years, and I, and I still have to remind myself, like, okay, yeah. let me just, you know, very clearly act something or state like don't assume like we just had a conversation about being you know assuming yeah. yesterday like yeah. just don't assume just yeah. you know That's honestly fun. honestly yeah. act you know it it doesn't hurt matter of fact it it's better like how, you know what i was gonna you know what you can even say i was going to i thought maybe you would like such and such but what would you like help with right now like right. How, how would how would i how can i best help you and it sounds right. so elementary but sometimes yeah. Sometimes Just the basic ask. stuff. This is a football. <laughs> I, like, I like the fact that you brought up the time that you know, in in, in a marriage, you gotta understand who you were when y'all first met is not who you are now. Nope. And that's okay. Yeah. Just as you grow old, your 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 the things you like change. The things that didn't matter matter now. Yeah. The stuff that didn't matter, you know, th- th- these things happen. Like, uh, the clothes I used to wear, I would not be caught dead in them. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just wouldn't. I, it's just not my style. I wouldn't because yeah. I've changed as a person. Yeah. And so you got to understand that that same person, your your wife, she can change. So, yeah, yeah maybe the chocolate and the roses used to work. Or maybe mm. she doesn't care about that right now. <laughs> maybe roses and chocolate doesn't work now. You know, yeah. and so it's like she said, it's a good thing to just ask yeah. um, and be open to it and um, and help that way. Um, yeah. Be a part of your children. The one thing I regret now is, uh, you know, because I, I recently lost my dad two years ago uh, to COVID. And um, the one thing I was just telling my wife this, like, I know of all the hardships growing up and I know how hard my dad worked to take care of us. But the only things I remember about my dad, I mean, it's like so vivid is the time he spent with us. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it impacted me so much that my first three, all I was doing was working, 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 hardly spending time with them. And I just thought about it. I was like, it, it seemed like every day, every day I came home, there was something new they were doing. Yeah. But I wasn't, 
you know, I wasn't there. And um, so it's important. Young fathers, yeah. uh, yes, you need to take care of your family, but nothing is more important than you to your family. Your presence is so important. Don't listen to this world. Mm. We're not all dumb jocks that wear football jerseys and don't know what's going on. That's what yeah. the world wants you to believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fathers are important. And your time with your children is very important. Spend that time. Yeah. Wow. Wow. But y'all, it's been good. My word has it been good. Um, I want to say thank you again for, for coming on and uh, just sharing your heart. Um, it's been a privilege to be on this end and listen. Um, and I know it's going to be a blessing for, for those who listen, but um, before we before we get out of here, do you all have anything you want to say, anything you want to add to what's been said um, already? We're, like I said before to you, we're just regular people. Nothing Nothing extra, nothing extraordinary. Just trying to live our life pleasing unto God every day. And that's not an automatic thing. You have to choose God every day. You have to choose to love him, choose to do what's right. Um, Make sure that we, we... don't just have uh, a prayer life, but a life of prayer. Yeah. Stay in yeah. his presence and um, and love who you are. And that's, that's what honors God. That's what gives honor to God. I thank you for having us on here, brother. Oh, yeah. Same. Is there anyone to add to this? I did just want to say, just to as a f- remark is um, literally take one day at a time and believe God's graces for you. Mm-hmm. I literally uh, pray whenever I pray, I'm like, God, let your grace abound for my children. You know, I always think of the grace of God as, um, you know, the thing that, that, fills up the the rest <laughs> you know that yeah. fills the empty spaces like lord i only got 10 percent today so <laughs> that <laughs> grace got to fill the 90 percent. but it's days where you can give 85 percent, and yeah. you know you always want to give 100 percent. but you know we, we live in this world and it's, it's battling us and the bible says grace abounds but we're not we're not as parents we're not going to be perfect we are learning on the job every yes. single yes day man i wish there was a manual for that but mm-hmm. we have the bible so <laughs> yeah. and so just take one day at a time you live you learn you pause and you pray and you just do that every day you live and learn pause and pray you pray it out and then believe god's graces for you you know we're we're going to fail and fall but his grace is strong enough to pick us up like the song says and yeah. so that's what I trust in for me, my children, is the grace of God. Because he says um, he's going to present us unto himself, a glorious church. So Amen. he's a good presenter. He's going to make the good presentation 
and he'll present us a glorious church before him. And so he'll uh, do everything he needs to do so we can be presented the right way before him and just trust that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, with that, we will end. And um, again, thank you all so much. And um, just excited, excited for those who are going to hear this. Um, and I know it's going to be a blessing. So um, thank you guys again. And I really appreciate y'all being on tonight. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. Oh, you do the same. Yeah. Well, thank you.